0: The ASCAL Primary Leaders Podcast with Tiff Harris.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another primary podcast. I am Askell's primary specialist and today I am absolutely honoured, delighted, it's a pleasure to speak to Dr. Liz durden Myers. Now Dr. Liz and I met a few weeks ago now at the Youth Sports Trust Awards dinner it's in the evening it was in Coventry and um, we got we got chatting and it was a really really interesting conversation and punctuated by the various awards that were going on so we we kept sort of coming back to it and I thought it'd be a brilliant opportunity to find out everything else about Liz through a podcast so that you can all listen to her today so um, first of all
0: good morning Liz how are you? Morning, Tiff. All good this end, thank you. Thank you for the invitation to come back and speak with you um, around everything that I'm up to. And, uh, yeah, really um, interesting to see where our conversation goes over the next uh, 20 minutes or so.
1: Yeah, great. So... um people listening to this um, will be really interested. I mean, the, the reason I'm doing this is just so I can hear the end of the conversation that we started a few weeks ago. So it's a great opportunity for me to quiz you a little bit more. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions to start with Liz, and I'm going to sort of butt out a little bit. And the first one I want you to, um, to answer for everybody is just tell us a little bit about you, your, your life, your background, um, your career to date, your context. And then the thing that really interested me is your work, what, what you do. Um, as a job and then some of your research we were really starting to get into um, a few weeks ago and then you know I'll come back at the end so just talk to us about about all of that that'd be brilliant and I'll and I'll chat to you ask a few questions in a bit if
0: that's okay yeah perfect so um, I had a little bit of a non-traditional start to teaching so I, I didn't leave school and go straight into teaching I, I left school and um, joined the Royal Navy so I was a weapon engineering artificer which mainly looked at like the the weapons radar sonar all those aspects of the 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 ship and uh while I was there I was playing I had two kind of passions prior to that one was sport and physical activity and the other was my kind of inquiring mind like why why things work the way they do and that's why I probably ended up in engineering but um long story short I started playing lots of sport and activity for the navy and thought actually maybe I've uh, made the wrong pick here and maybe the career ahead of me is um the sport physical activity rather than um engineering so i made the career change to change careers came out of the navy and then um started my teacher training so i was trained at bedford and th- that's important because that's where i first met dr margaret whitehead um who's obviously yeah. the founder of physical literacy so she was like i was lucky enough to um come into contact with margaret in my final year, I did a BA on QTS course in secondary, but we also had lots of experience in primary. And I also taught in a, in a middle school, some of those, um, key stage two, key stage three. So I always had that kind of set up for primary and secondary teaching. Margaret was my dissertation supervisor um, when I was leaving, and that's how I, I met her. And then I started my teaching career in devises in Wiltshire um, and became school sports coordinator and then i was in post when the the funding changed and so we went into the primary P in school sports mm-hmm. funding and then we kind of privatized our partnership so the primary schools bought into the secondary provision and then i was responsible for looking after those 15 primary schools and one special school and just trying to create a really enriching and um, inclusive P and in school sport offer mm-hmm. Um, to ensure that everyone was really benefiting from the network and uh, raising the profile of PE in school sport, and just providing lots of opportunities for people to be active. Um, and then I did a couple of masters while I was teaching because I'm a little bit crazy like that. Um, I think it's just because I love learning, and like to take these ideas and put it into practice and see how that influ- influences the the teaching and how it can um engage more pupils or promote learning. So I did a couple of masters and then back to Margaret, I spoke to Margaret and said, what should I do now? And then she talked me into a a PhD in physical literacy. Um, So I started that, quickly realised that I couldn't do that as well as teach and then went off to become a a lecturer, senior lecturer at Liverpool John Moores University, leading on the um, BA ons in physical education did that for a couple of years and then I came back to Bath, which is my hometown, to start a family. And I now run the PGCE at Bath Spa University and the University of Gloucestershire. So um, wow. <laughs> that's where I'm to at the moment. And I completed the PhD, you'll be pleased to know, in 2020. So now I'm just taking all of that um, learning and just trying to really now support as many schools and teachers as possible, trying to understand what physical literacy is, or not even physical literacy, just try and improve. Um, High-quality physical education, meaningful PE, and just especially post-pandemic, or living with the pandemic, I should say, um, how we can use sport and physical activity as that vehicle to um, repair, bring communities together, um, support the young young children today, and. for for inclusion and participation for all for life, but also supporting those that will have physical activity, well, sport in their future. So, a gifted and talented end, but also making sure it's sport and physical activity for all, um, for life. Thanks, thanks,
1: Les. Um, we both have a passion for this, and we know that because we we chatted at that dinner, and you know the fact that we were both at that dinner meant that we both had passion for this subject. Just for the people listening who don't really know what this is. What just, just explain about that that whole concept of physical literacy and meaningful PE and that um, physical literacy for life idea that, that, that we're really trying to bring um, into primary schools, aren't we? And, and, and follow that journey into into secondary, because we know that it's, it's not always there. And I, and I don't, I say that and I know how challenging it is in primary schools and secondary schools right now. Um, you know, this is, I'm saying this with, with no um, with with no negative criticism at all,
0: but we've got to bring it back, haven't we? 100% like I'm the biggest, you're talking to another advocate of teachers that we are in an impossible job most days um, trying to balance everything um, that we're trying to achieve there's no teacher that wakes up and thinks I'm going to try and do a poor job today. Everyone is doing their best daily to try and influence the outcomes for our pupils. Um, but, yeah, I think we have taken the, our eye off the ball, um, pardon the pun. Um, it, in, in, in all phases, you know, we, it, w- there's lots of reasons why that might be competing priorities. It's not something that we woke up and um designed to happen but we do need to refocus on um on physical literacy and promoting lifelong yeah. engagement in physical activity and primary the primary phase eyfs through to primary is such a significant developmental time and primary school teachers have a huge role to play as do others sports coaches and parents and um the local community but But primary school teachers have a huge role to play in that early phase, that significant phase in developing physical literacy. And what physical literacy is, is um, there's lots of misconceptions around what physical literacy is. um, But what it is, is the motivation, confidence, physical competence and knowledge and understanding um, to be active, to value and be physically active yeah. for life. So the reason why those four things—motivation, confidence, competence, and knowledge and understanding—are important is that without one of those, there it's likely to be a barrier to participation. So we know that motivation. We used to talk about the post sixteen gap, but we now talk mm. about post seven mm. gap. So that gap is a lot earlier. People are dropping out of and physical activity a lot earlier within primary phase. Um, confidence. A lot of it is around. Confidence yeah. to be active, and um, again, people's people's perceptions of their themselves. You know, we often get that, or oh, I'm not sporty, or I'm not. Um, I'm a musician. I'm this, or I'm mm. that. But mm. wh- why are we um, having these sociological ideas imposed on children? Everyone can find their own physical activity, and promoting confidence in a range of physical activities, and then knowledge and understanding of why it's important to be active and how to um, to be active in your community, and also then the, the elements around the health well-being and movement principles and then finally um the um motor competence so movement competence actually the actual skills so um earlier down in the school eyfs ks1 object control locomotion Mm -hmm. stability in a range of environments in um, enriching environments meaningful environments and then as we progress you know not Doing, getting into early specialization very quickly not jumping straight into sports specific skills but really building that broad base of fundamental movement skills um, or we call it um, general refined and then sports specific movements so the sport specific is the kind of the the last um, puzzle piece not the first one we lead with and that's it can be quite challenging in the landscape because yeah. a lot of yes. time people come in and they deliver sport. Um, but we're trying to use physical literacy to reframe what physical education is um, and making sure that it's not just sport techniques. We know that that isn't great for all. That just appeals to those that um, have an affinity with sport. But we want to kind of lead with more of a physical activity umbrella of which sport is part of that and a really significant mm-hmm. part of that, but also it's about making sure everyone finds the physical activity for them. And that could be as simple as um, walking a dog, or um, but finding a meaningful connection with some form of physical activity that um, will give you the confidence to be active for life. So you can then transition from one sport to another or one activity from another because being active is essentially part of who you are.
1: That's great. Thanks, Liz. And I wrote um I wrote an article for, for our Ascol Leader um, magazine a, f- a few months ago on this, and I did, I did a little bit of research, nowhere near the amount of research that you've been doing, um, but. The reason that i'm passionate about this is because we know don't we that it's not about sport is it it's not about being, being participating in sport it's a it's about the health benefits and it's about the gap isn't it the disadvantage gap as well and it's about um the confidence for young people as you said already to be able to to go into life um because they've had that um that that, that confidence sort of taught through this it's it's about it's about how long how long somebody lives. It's about impact on the NHS. It's about obesity. It's about it's about so many different things, isn't it? I mean, I don't have my I have my notes in front of me, but this is we're talking about physical literacy here and not necessarily sport. And there is a huge difference. Um, on that, do you think? And I'm I've, I've I'm just picking this question out out of out of the air. Really, I'm sorry to 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 just land it on you. Um, but do you think? this needs a complete shake up in primary schools or do you think the the, the bare bones are already there and I mean I'm you know, thinking from a people you know listen to this now school leaders listen to this thinking yeah I, I agree I agree with Liz we've got to do something but I don't know where to start mm-hmm. um, is this something that needs a complete new overhaul in a primary school or or what could primary leaders go go back and have a look at what what could they do next really do you think in, you know your capacity at the moment in education what what kind of advice do you think you could give or is out there
0: yeah so I think th- this is a good thing really and that I've done lots of professional development with the secondary and with primary and I think actually my experience has been that primary as as has got it a lot quicker um, because right. what primary yeah. are great at is they get holistic child development. They understand the child from the three hundred and sixty degree approach. They know that child um, because they teach them every day and they that class is with that teacher. Um, so there Absolutely. are some real benefits of in primary, um, but there's also again varying levels of practice and pressures um, on primary. So I'd say that um, there are loads of quick wins that we can do. We also know that it cannot just be the role of PE is not going to develop physical literacy in it by itself yeah. it's a whole school ethos it's a whole school commitment to supporting the health well-being and future um, outcomes of our young peoples, which is our bread and butter that's what we that's what we do we're here yeah. in, in the habit formation and transforming lives and in re- reducing inequalities there's no hard sell between physical literacy and what our core educational mission is um if you are a passionate educator that wants to transform lives physical literacy is a really complementary framework that you can employ to try and um help young children have the best start in life and what would we want more than that um but you, as you say it's about reframing it's not that there's um it's all bad out there it's not there's some excellent practice and a lot of what physical literacy advises good physical education good educators are already doing it's just understanding why so it's not a happy accident it's designed it's carefully constructed and we also know who's falling through the gaps because often we give more opportunities to those that are already going to be active and already going to be okay without us with supportive family networks um community access it's about how can we make sure that everybody gets off to the best possible start in life and starting with those furthest behind and um that was a big transformation that I had in my practice Mm. I was a typical PE teacher initially you know with my sports teams and my extracurricular and I had an epiphany moment where I was like actually yes that's important but they're not the people that need me most the people that need me most are those that are struggling to still put their trainers on or um have no who do no physical activity outside of this one hour I do with them um they're the people that need me most um the others we're going to have a great time anyway and there'll be lots of provision that they'll come and see me with with the extracurricular clubs and that but my role as a PE teacher or in, in when we look at physical education is to make sure that in that one hour of dedicated provision, we're ensuring all pupils are making the best possible progress, starting yeah. off with those that need us most.
1: And and we also know, don't we, that those pupils that are st- Sporty. I say that. I say that. You know, whatever capacity you want to use that word. Um, often do things not just as like extracurricular at school, but also evenings and weekends with their with their parents, don't they? So, so there's there's a lot going on within those families. But it's, it's it's the other it's the others, isn't it? That that are are not um, at all. And you know, and the, and I the, the lines that you've that you've used already. You know, I, I'm not sporty, or I. I, I I don't like sport I I don't do think that I read books etc you know, etc cetera, et cetera. it doesn't have to mean that does it um I I'm really interested in your in your research for your um for your PhD and we were touching a little bit on that as well and I know that in the last few minutes of this podcast there's no way you're going to tell me you be able to tell me everything that you found out but I'm just thinking back to when we sat together and um you were telling me some of the things that you um had come across in your research and it was and it was just eye-opening stuff is there anything that you want to tell us about that just really stood out for
0: you yeah it's been a fascinating journey research wise and I think I've got a definitely a lifetime of research ahead of me it's really hard to just pick out one or two key Mm. things but I would just say that um I'm I'm probably just always blown away by teachers and their passion. And I think often we're told what we're not doing or the deficit. But actually, when you work, when you have the time, space and capacity with the right people in the right supportive environment, anything is possible. Um, I've seen practice transform literally overnight and over weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's all within our power, just with the time and dedication to be able to just reframe practice. Um, but yeah, I've seen it and I've seen it in the impact of people. So this is definitely um, to the my major PhD research was taking physical literacy, and operationalizing it into practice. So if I had to kind of distill it down into uh, a few things is um, the importance of a holistic approach to so having um, a, a cognitive, a physical and an effective outcome. So uh, the easy thing to say that is I use I like, can know, show and grow. I want you to know this. I want you to be able to show this. Um, and grow in I love confidence. That. Yeah. and Be- becky bridges is a the, the brainchild behind that but the uh yeah no show and grow holistic learning outcomes the next kind of pillar is talking about previous experiences and a range of experiences so um no child comes to us you know completely as a blank slate they have previous experiences whether that's playing on a Um, play park or whether Mm -hmm. it's in formalized sport already and it's understanding their journeys to that date and then understanding where they need to go next and how can we round off that range of experiences so that they're getting um we're not narrowing the the options so early so that kind of dominance on on games but how can we make sure that that's nice and broad so that we're covering lots of range of opportunities because then we've got multiple outcomes later in life rather than narrowing um so Mm -hmm. often but also breadth but also depth because if we do it too um, broad then we're potentially missing out on some key competencies so we need to have that I like to call like rich and varied so rich movement experiences in a variety of environments and then finally just going back to this is you know bread and butter again Mm. that person-centric approach Mm. understanding um, child-centered pedagogy um, and also in the, in the early years and KS1 and KS2 play-based pedagogy so yeah. we try and we often go too linear too quickly how can we create really playful um, or constraints-based approaches so we provide a really rich environment and we make adaptations to call forth different movements and, and different potentials rather than going too linear to mm. um, sport specific too early let's um, kind kind of keep the movement possibilities as open and as broad as possible um and but main, most most importantly developing a love of physical activity um from the earliest possible opportunity mm-hmm. and the best piece of advice I can say is like if you want to be if you are committed to that mission invest in you as well because we emanate who we are aren't we so if you feel that like, that sounds great and I want to be that person but I, that is just not me if you invest in your own physical activity, mm-hmm. you will develop your own confidence and competence, which will then be, enable you to be able to emanate that when you're in that group. So invest yeah. in you, and that will come back. That will be reflected in your pupils as well.
1: Thanks, Liz. So um, the final question for you then is that investing in you. Anybody listening to this is investing in themselves because they are listening to this. Where can they go next? They've listened to this. They're inspired by you. Um, You've given us a whistle-stop tour of your life in about 20 minutes. So where can they go next to find out more? Where would you direct them?
0: Yep. so you can find me on um, a a website called P Scholar. um, And that's uh, www.pscholar.com. Uh, Or you can find me on Twitter at at Liz Durden Myers. Um, Or if you want to find out more about physical literacy, I I really um, encourage you to go to the International Physical Literacy Association. But yeah, I'd be more than happy to have any conversation with anyone um, around this or anything else. Or if you feel like you need some extra support, we're here to help. Um, Happy to have a quick conversation over um, a call or just tweet anything at all. We're here to help. Thanks so much, Liz. Um, <clears throat> two questions
1: from me then, the final final words, really. Um, I just wondered if you'd consider writing a small blog for us. And, and, and if you will, I know you'll say yes on this. And that's why I've put you on the spot. But anything that you could um, so just just a few key points that you've said there in a short blog that we can have on our website would be really useful. I know for our um for, for our members who are listening today. Um, if, you know and, and look out for that if you are listening at the moment and I just wondered if you would come back again soon maybe in you know a couple of months time you've, you've spoken I, I w- I'd already written on my notes to actually to come back again soon but you spoke about just now on um you know, any, any extra support that anybody might need. Or I, I wondered if it's, you know, maybe worth having a chat with you in a few months time about putting a bit more focus on this and how to put focus on this and, you know, where to start coming in, into September. I, I, I know there's a lot of fear with the new schools white paper on those on those high targets. And I know that, People like us um, fear that this will only move the direction away from physical literacy more than it's ever been before because those t- those, those expectations and accountability is, is shifting and the expectations are even higher. I wonder if, if you'd come back then in a few months time and, and, and do another 20 minutes for us and then maybe put something
0: in a bit of a blog. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no worries at all. Thanks for the invitation back. I'll look forward to it. And uh, yeah, um, we're here to dispel any of those myths. And I think the only last thing I'd say is, you know, um, we're educators first, we're subject specialists second. Um, I know that you're trying to master lots of different subjects. So if we can make that um any easier um, and try and get you to where you need to be a little bit quicker, that's 100% what we're trying to do and definitely dispel some of those myths you know, primary teachers have a tremendous influence on young people's lives. And in many respects, you are best placed to deliver that, that physical education offer as well, because you know them so well.
1: Dr. Liz durden Myers, thank you so very, very much. I look forward to speaking to you again soon.
0: The Ask Primary Leaders podcast with
1: Tiff Harris.